Hey everybody, Jeff Mason with Simple Biz 360 Podcast coming to you from the Vi Media Headquarters in Chesterfield, Missouri. stlewispodcast.com are making all the arrangements, doing the technicality stuff, and we got Alex Dietrich on the boards over here. So we welcome you. It's hot, steamy. We're continuing our kind of beachy theme, a little bit uh, camp shirty, a little bit, uh, you know, Cuba Vera, and uh, we're just uh, we're just having some fun. Right, so we're going to do today is August 6th, 2020, my 37th, I should say, our 37th anniversary. Happy anniversary to my lovely wife, Monica, who, if you don't know my story, I had that little guy out about uh, 39 years ago hitchhiking, and I met my wife hitchhiking. Her boyfriend picked me up. They were on the fritz. Long story short, I met her. Boom. 39 years later, here we are, Right. So uh, August 6th. So today's about questions. And I'm going to end this segment with the biggest question I forgot to ask. And you're going to like it. You're going to get a kick out of this one. But stick with it. It's going to be nice and easy. But questions, what are they? Why do, we, why do we need to ask questions? Why do we need to understand the importance of questions? Well, consider whatever you do. Consider that you're kind of like a baker. All right? And you've got... You know, you've got all these different ingredients that you can that you can tap into. Um, let's just say you, you are a deck builder. You've got a lot of different options. You're a bathroom remodeler. You know, you have um, you're a painter. You have a gallery. You've got all kinds of different paintings. You got I just there's a smorgasbord of things that you could offer people, and you never know what's going to suit them right unless you ask them proper questions. We, we mentioned last uh, episode that radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me? So these questions allow you to find out what is in it for that person. What do they want? How do they want it? What are the particulars? It shows them you respect their time and money and effort because you're asking them questions. You're a baker and you've got cupboards worth of ingredients, and you're trying to put these ingredients together for people, and that's really what it's all about. So there's a, a, there's a lot of different things that you should probably try to harness with your businesses on what are the questions I should be asking. Now, I'm going to give you a great um, suggestion here that um, it, it isn't mine. It's something that was taught to me, and I've used it, and it's wonderful, and I'm going to share it with you. But So as you go down this path, uh, my suggestion is you find a place where you can reflect and do some good thinking. Uh, I love to get away. I go to a cabin when I do that. And I, I've told you before, I use Windridge Solitude here in the Ozarks. And it's a wonderful place to just turn off everything. And you really get to you know, immerse yourself in thinking about, you know, what are the questions that my customers most commonly ask me? And it's a great great way to just, you know, let them bubble up to your mind, write them down on paper, and then you've got this cache, you know, this a cache of questions, if you will. And what I suggest uh, from what I was taught early on in my career is you take all those questions and you really answer them for the customer in the form of expectations. So you kind of go back to the expectations chapter in our book. And if you don't know, that's a, a picture of our book up there. We wrote a book uh, last October, and it's got 255 business tools. It's arranged in eight different chapters. And one of the chapters is expectations. So what you do is you take questions that your customers most commonly ask, and you put them in the form of, in this case, I put this in my book, it's on page 36 and 37, 
I pretended that I was a deck builder. And I put all the questions that customers would probably have if they were looking for a deck to be built. And then I walk around. I would walk around with them. I would hand them out. I would take them to me with me in meetings, and I would laminate those questions. But they're but they're questions that are commonly, um, you know, contemplated by customers. Hey, um, how do you handle phone calls? How do you handle text messages? How many hours a day do you spend here? Do you clean up or do we clean up? You know, um, all kinds of things that that you know, kind of a punch list that a customer would have for you. You can now put them those answers to the commonly asked questions in this format, and you've done your potential customer a great deal of service. And, of course, then you've got to live up to those questions. And, and it's really just a really cool way of going someplace quiet, reflecting, figuring out what all those questions are that your customers have, putting them down, and creating a document that you can pass out and you can laminate and use in presentations. Now, the three most important questions I, I like to ask, and it, it's not, it doesn't fit every business uh, model, but is what do you currently like about the service you're getting? What don't you like? And if you could change your service, what would you change? And, of course, that's if you are doing some type of repeat business or service, building a deck or building, doing, remodeling a bathroom. It's hard to ask those questions. But you definitely want to ask people what they want out of that bathroom remodeling or out of that deck building experience or out of that uh, home re repair experience or home remodeling experience because they'll tell you what they want but if you again going back to last podcast if you really listen to what they're saying they're telling you why they want it and if they're not telling you why they want it try to find out because that's really the essence it's it's you know, it's the it's the dominant buying motive we used to call it. It to find out that that question of why do you want all that and let the people tell you, and it's it's magical when you get it. Now, if you're with talkers, I, we used to have to um, go into an office in New York City when I first started in sales, and we we had to grid a person. Had about eight ten seconds to do it. You had to figure out if it was a feeler or talker, a doer or thinker, and then you had to adjust your presentation based on that type of person. It's a little bit difficult to do. It's quick. You know, you, gotta, it, you just have to be trained on it. And if you're not trained on it, it can be tough. But here is the advice I'll give you out of that. Uh, if you're with a feeler or talker and you ask an open-ended question and you get a long, windy answer and it's taking up a lot of time, you have to switch to close-ended questions, yes or no type questions. If you're with a doer or thinker and they kind of you know don't offer you much, they don't you know, share and they don't really engage that well, then you've got to try to pry uh, answers out of them and get them to develop their answers a little more. And that's where you ask them an open-ended question to, to discover more about what they're looking to do. But they're really, um, you know, they're really excellent tools, um, open-ended, closed-ended questions, look them up, learn a little bit about them, maybe even do some role-playing with some loved ones to kind of get comfortable with some of this. But the bottom line is your customers have tons of questions. So many of your customers have tons of repeated questions, customer to customer. So every situation you encounter, you're kind of getting the same questions. You're getting the same, you're giving the same answers. Why not just head it off at the pass and do something like that? Again, page 36 and 37 in our book. If you buy the book on Amazon 1895, you can get it on our website, simplebiz360.com if you want. Now, what's the biggest question that I failed to ask in my life. Well, let me tell you something. 
It, uh, it's traveled with me all this time. It's 37 years in the making. It will travel with me the rest of my life. It affected 150 people at a gathering. And I can't believe that uh, I didn't ask this question. But uh, my wife and I, when we got married, got married in a, uh, was in the Shannock Station area of um, New Jersey, beautiful little Dutch Reformed church. We didn't, we didn't live in the area. We didn't go to the church, but we shopped churches and everything. So we found this great Dutch Reformed church. Went, you know, pastor was super nice. And, you know, we invite 150 people to the wedding, right? And it's uh, August 6th, so it's pretty hot, right? And sure enough, it's hot. And we go to the rehearsal and uh, get, in the, get into the church and say, hey, pastor, man, this place is cooking, baby. Can you crank up the air? And the pastor says, uh, I'm sorry, we don't have air conditioning here. You're like, are you kidding? No air, guys. Well, to this day, my pictures of my wedding, I wore a dove gray tux. I have like a huge wet spot. My best man, huge wet spot. Guys in my wedding, huge wet spots. I mean, it was like 98 degrees out, 96% humidity. We melted. The poor people in that church melted. We forgot to ask in March when we were shopping churches, hey, do you have air conditioning? No, we don't. Oh, deal breaker. So any rate, just remember the importance of asking questions. Uh, I, you know, we look back on it and what can you do now? You have to laugh. But at the time it was kind of, uh, it was a little bit of a shocker that day before I get married. So any rate, uh, but the song I wanted to sing at my wedding and, uh, I'm glad I didn't cause I would have butchered it. Um, but, uh, I, w- I did sing a little bit back then in churches and stuff. At any rate, um, my wife, um, I sang a couple years after that, but, uh, I wanted to sing Joe Cocker's You Are So Beautiful. And uh, you know what? My wife is a beautiful gift of God to me, from God to me, and I just love her so much. Thank you so much, Monica, for sticking with me. I'm a rascal, I know, and, you know, I just appreciate uh, you, you, uh, you saying yes when I asked you to marry me. And uh, this is the song you will see, Lost in the Shuffle Track. It's really not a Lost in the Shuffle Track. It's Joe Cocker blew this baby up. But you are so beautiful from Joe Cocker, 1974. Hey, keep the shiny side up. Hold on to your sand. It's your money. It's your profitability. And again, if we don't have smiling customers, we got nada, right? So make, keep making those customers happy. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next episode. Have a great week.